good morning from Sleepless in Dubai. Uh, we're live here from the 25 Hours Hotel. And also, my name's Julie Marlon. I'm the founder of Nurture to Sleep. I am the mother of three incredible daughters. And my background is very much um, looking after families and promoting sleep and health for all our families. And I'd like to now hand you over to our co-host, Laura. Yes, my name is Laura Barkwell. I'm an international event MC, a broadcast journalist, and former news anchor, and of course, a mother of two, most importantly. Now, we are incredibly lucky to be joined by Dr. Alessandro, who is a plastic, aesthetic, and reconstructive surgeon at Lucia Clinic. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. Right. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into the field, and how long have you been practicing? All right, so uh, I'm from Italy, and so I'm from Milano, from the countryside, actually. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I went to the medical school, like, first in Genova. Uh, I applied for, I was, you know, when you're like a teenager, I was kind of nerdy, like a study I was studying, so I didn't know how to address my future. And at the same time, I was also, like, playing in a band, so I got this kind of art space and every rational <laughs> side. So I was like, okay, I cannot be a musician. I've got zero money. So about it. So let's try to be a doctor or find to find something more consistent and more stable for my future. Uh, so I got into the medical school, and it was so exciting, such a challenge for my uh, personal challenge. So I liked that, and it was pretty good. And in the end, I think the plastic surgery was the right way for me to combine my uh, my personal, maybe like artistical. I like creative skills. Yeah, yeah, amazing. That was the main reason why. And interestingly, talking about creative skills, we know that when we sleep better, we are more creative. You know, the science is really there. So, you know, it sounds like you might have had a lot of sleep or good sleep when you were younger. I'm not quite so sure now, but we'll go to explore that a little bit more. Um, so within your work, we are very aware now about the importance of sleep in terms of repair and recovery. And so, for example, we know that cell division, I think it's called mitosis, yeah. that occurs throughout the night. And the the golden hour for that, according to the science, is between 11 and 12 o'clock. Mm -hmm. That's when you have the optimum cell division and repair. So in order for us, for our skin to rejuvenate at its optimum, we do need to be in bed at between 11 and 12, where yeah. possible. Now, it still happens even if we're not in bed, but it does optimum when we are thinking. So with your work then, how do you see your clients in terms of their sleep and how does it influence how you um, interact with your clients and how you practice with your clients? Yeah, that's a very interesting point, especially in Dubai where everybody is flying. Uh, like, yeah. And it's it's so interesting to me and it's also what makes me feel home uh, because it's, it's very interesting. It is part of my... Um, a way of living as well. I'm traveling between New York, Milano, and Dubai every month, so it's a lot of uh, jet. Every planning. month? Every month, yeah. It's a long Okay, thing. wow, yeah. So let's uh, get into that, yeah. But yeah, I see, I mean, beauty sleep, it's real, it's real. Uh, sleep is a regenerative process. The healing is the most important healing process of our body. As you said, the mitosis, the cell renewal, uh, the collagen production, uh, there are studies that are showing that the collagen, the highest peak of collagen is produced during the nighttime. Yeah. Um, the, the phases of sleep, the REM, yeah. um, the non-REM, how is it affected when you have a bad sleep or 
you just keep that phase where our body is just like healing the the GH, the growth hormones. Yeah. Uh, it's the most important, like to keep our body toned for the muscle, for the hair, for the skin. And if you are skipping that phase of, of the sleep or like that timing, that, that much hours is really affecting the whole day because it's sleep. Yeah. It's, it's our. Yeah. And, and we see that, you know, if we're looking at the phases of sleep now, yeah. you know, as adults, the sleep cycle of an adult is approximately 90 minutes. And within that sleep cycle, there are four to five phases, depending on which literature you're looking at. Okay. Current literature is, you know, it's four phases and then your rapid eye movement or three phases and rapid eye movement. But as you say, every one of those phases are equally as important. And it's, you can't, you know, get to that deep three sleep unless you've gone through stage one and stage two. Equally, you can't have the rapid eye movement sleep unless you have that deep sleep too. So every element of those sleep phases are really, really important. And, you know, now within the field of medicine, we're understanding so much more about the importance of sleep. And yet, you know, within the medical field, it's my understanding that within your med within the medical field, when you are studying to be a doctor, you're actually only given information. One of your lectures is approximately one hour in the whole of your medical studies. Yeah in regards to sleep, which I think is really, really alarming. Yeah. When we now when we now see the important it impacts every aspect of our being. So, you know, as you're saying about the collagen and stress, stress has a huge impact on the collagen that is being released when we're not sleeping well. Can you expand on that at all? Uh, yeah, of course. Like um stress is we are talking about hormones about like the the night hormones in our body release um, for example, when you have like a bad sleep, uh, let's say a good sleep is giving you a release in cytokines. Uh, cytokines are the mainly anti-inflammatory yeah. uh, proteins that are just regular the inflammation in our body just to heal all the stress, the toxin that we just accumulated during the daytime. Uh, stress, on the other hand, is the most um, important factor for the release of cortisol. Cortisol is it's these hormones that just, if you have already like a kind of a chronic condition or anything affecting your body, a bad sleep, higher release of cortisol, and so everything is just like multiplied. And when you wake up in the morning, you feel like really bad, and you still have the whole day to go through and to yeah. Uh, and it does; it actually compromises yeah. the the cortisol, sends the body into that stress state, which then compromises the collagen, which again is what we know helps to rejuvenate the skin and help us look better. And fully enough, there was a study in 2017 where they compared how we feel and look yeah. um, and they had uh, they had two groups of people within this study and they would have two good nights sleep and then the remaining two nights they were only allowed four hours of sleep now again ethically i uh, question how this could have been allowed but it, it is and it's in the medical journals and the four hours is really significant because again we know that when we have four hours of sleep or less, then our anti-cancerous cells drop by 70%. That's amazing, isn't it? That, yeah. That's a really alarming, and that's why ethically I'm surprised that this study was allowed. That was in 2017. But what they revealed from this study was that they took pictures of the people two nights sleep, took pictures of the people, facial pictures with the four hours, two nights, and the perception of the 120 people who looked at the group 
felt they were less attractive for getting less sleep. Really? Um, they commented about the bags under their eyes. Uh, so there's yeah, huge it's, thing, yeah. it's so, so important. Like you can see that the brighter complexion, mm -hmm. less wrinkles. Yes, less wrinkles. Yeah. Less puffiness. Yes, beauty sleep really is a thing. Yeah. There you go. And um, going back to some of your your clients and cases. Yes. Uh, I've had a few friends that have you know done done surgery and they look you know absolutely fantastic after you know. Uh, but some of them have had multiple surgeries at the same time, mm -hmm. and they've compared those to just one surgery at one time. And obviously, the recovery process is a lot more intense when you have two things at what, the same time. Yeah, there is a procedure, for example, which is called mommy makeover, which is a combination of two major surgery, like mommy makeover, because usually this kind of procedure has be, have been asked by patients after multiple pregnancies. So you need a kind of a kind of breast lift plus tummy tuck to reduce the extra skin and the muscle relaxation that most women have after pregnancies. So this is usually like a, we combine those kind of surgery. Uh, but as you said, it's it's important to prepare the patient. What I suggest is just, especially maybe starting from the week after, you have to train them to sleep because they are they will not be able to sleep in their usual position. And also just the position, the, the pillow, their pillow one, two, whatever they're used to is so important. Even when you travel, you can see that, even if you're not having any surgery. So with those two big surgeries, you're not supposed to bend completely and to lay down supine. You have to have your knees a little bit banded, two pillows. Um, so and, and then after the procedure, patients remember more the lower back pain because of the position while sleeping more than the surgery itself. So my suggestion to my patient as a surgeon, just try to prepare the week before, start the week before to train you to sleep in that position with that pillow. So you will handle better maybe the pain, the anxiety, and it works. That's the thing, exactly, because you're like, okay, you, the, 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 you've, got to, you've got to sleep to, re to repair your body and recover properly, but that's not necessarily possible. Yeah, because you're in, I'm presuming agony. I've exactly. had all this like serious invasive surgery, yeah. and. You know, if you're looking at the skin and it repairing and the recommendations are that you sleep on your back and, you know, sleep with your head slightly elevated. So exactly as you're saying. And and yet, if you know, if you're a side sleeper, but you can train yourself to sleep on your back. And exactly like you've said, it's about that prep before um, before surgery is really important and ex building expectations as to how it's going to be afterwards, which is really going to help. So. If we're looking at here in Dubai specifically, yeah. there is a huge amount of diversity. You know, lifestyles are very different. Lifestyles are very fast. So what challenges does that bring to you within your workplace? Um, yeah, actually, it's first challenge is, as you say, like the multicultural, multi-ethnicity of patients. You know, like when I'm coming from Europe or, or New York, um, you know, patients are, first of all, they don't want anything to be visible. They just want, okay, I just want to look fresh. Uh, and then when I moved to Dubai, it was at the beginning it was challenging because it was more about I want to show my lips, I want to show my That's cheeks, you know. Yeah. And, you know, my my friends, my sister didn't notice that I did my lips, and they were coming back complaining, well, "I want they one more." To be, they want to be aware. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, that was just it was almost, almost like a badge of honor. Yeah, look at me and uh, all the surgery I've done. Was I want everything to be as subtle as possible so that no one knows? Yeah, then. but I blame these on social media, not yeah. in any city, especially. There was that time. Mm -hmm. um, it's gone. It's going now. It's it's getting better. But I remember, like a few years ago, 
uh, there was this social media example and these celebrities made back in LA yeah, or no, right. we all know. Uh, so that was the beauty example that was setting to the new generation and, yeah. or not. So that was really something. Oh, it's yeah. actually. But now we're going back to, you know, kind of more natural. And in Dubai, um, yeah, people are, it's very important, especially, like, for example, cabin crews. Or I, we have a lot in the clinical patient from, from Emirates or for any airlines. And I remember specifically like a few patients that are coming back, like after a couple of months of a Botox or a skin booster for the glowing. They were like, doctor, my Botox is not lasting. My, uh, I don't see the glowing. And then we train, I teach them to come because these guys are staying 48 hours in Dubai as a layover and then they fly back to Sydney and then they come back for 24 hours and then go back to Paris. So, and then maybe they were coming to the clinic right after landing on their way back to the hotel. So I train them to come at least one hour after 24 hours of regular sleep and it worked. It completely changed their routine, the skincare routine, uh, the length, how long, all the treatment that we're doing the results so I'm I'm loving your emphasis on sleep and recognizing the value of it you know and that in itself will educate you know your clients and about saying come 24 hours and again we know it's because flying does dehydrate that it dehydrates the entire body and just sleeping alone sleeping alone itself dehydrates but then there is the flying and again living here in Dubai people travel so much more than a number of other countries that you would ordinarily be living in but I just think post-COVID, people just want to travel as well. So there's all of yeah. these factors, but it's great that you're advising them about, you know, come back one day before. So at least your body has had time. Now, talking about traveling, and we know, of course, that, um, you know, within the, um, the, the uh, industry, that sleep is a really big factor. And we know that the World Health Organization has you know, looked at diff added different uh, categories for shift workers and the impact it has on their overall health. And it's a, a really negative impact on their overall health. So flying does have a really negative impact in terms of jet lag. So you were saying before about, you know, Milano, New York and here. <laughs> so where does jet lag come in with you? So how do you manage your sleep? And Mirabelle, passion fuels global connections. For more than 30 years, our international team has launched campaigns across continents through targeted marketing strategies, captivating promotions, and innovative media solutions tailored to brands ranging from fashion to travel and tourism to health and well-being, and so much more. Let our cross-cultural experience engage your audiences. Discover the Mirabelle difference at mirabelle.co.uk. Um, I think I'm lucky because it's actually not really the jet lag. I mean, seriously, what I'm trying to do wherever I land. I mean, Dubai, New York is 14 hours flight. Um, it's a good one because actually you, it's like a red eye fly. You leave 2 a.m. in Dubai and you just find yourself at 8.30 in JFK. So you have the whole day in front of you. Uh, I just try to follow the natural light and dark rhythm try to stay up as much as possible to go for a run, uh, to stay active, not taking a nap, especially the first day when I land. And, and also I think it's, it makes me feel alive. So yeah. the day after, of course, as long as I land, I don't book any surgeries. I just rest myself for the first, the first week is mainly consultation. And then after the first week, after the consultation, we just book the main surgery. 
Excellent. Yeah. So you adjust yeah, basically. And is it a matter of always going business class to make sure that you get that sort of sleep? Then are you, are you sort of uh, always opt for the yeah. business class and yeah. get that a little bit of comfort as well? It does. But because you've got such a high pressure job, I can only imagine, you know, you've got hours and hours of surgery. Is there any sort of prep you do beforehand to sort of get yourself in the right sort of state of mind when it comes to sleep, maybe the night before a big surgery? I I think that it's very important, like to me, since I don't have any uh, anything stable or anything, wherever I go, every bed is different, every pillow, I just find, mm -hmm. especially when I'm in Dubai, that I stay a little bit longer when I'm here. Um, I just try to have my clean linen sheets, the right air conditioning, the right fan. I just, it's like a sanctuary. I prepare my sleep in the best way in order to be able to sleep, not to sweat when it's too hot here. And, and that helps me like waking up, like not drinking any coffee or anything before we just try to rest. And yeah, that's something that I've learned. And I see, I can see myself way more rested during my two weeks in Dubai that when I'm in New York, that maybe there are more, you know, inputs like, and everything. So it, to me, it's a little so what you were describing there is very much what we call sleep hygiene. Mm. Although I, I much prefer it to be sleep health because I think hygiene seems so much more medical whereas sleep health is much more about, it, you know, it's more manageable. But exactly what you're saying, looking at the temperature of the room and um, looking at the clean bed linen and how we have that change as well, which is also important for, for our skin too. And um, so bacteria doesn't collect. And so that's really important. And the noise and the dark, the darkness, but equally with the coffee. And it, you were talking about coffee, and yep. of course, coffee we know. Um, we love coffee. We love coffee, yes, but it, it's when we take it. Now, some people, we think that some people can have coffee and it not harm them or not interrupt, interrupt with their sleep at all. But actually, the science tells us something very different. And there are so many studies out there. But I love the fact about you being aware of when to take it. And I think there is more of these open conversations that will help everyone know and recognize what suits them. Of course. Just really quickly, have you got any other sort of tips and tricks for Dr. Alessandro for his travels? Are there any sort of exercises? Yeah, no, it'd be interesting to hear if there's uh, Well, one of them would be there's a really fantastic app and it's called Time Shift. Now, Time Shift has been um, developed by NASA. So, of course, they have, you know, the astronauts going into space, which is part of it, that 26-minute nap. The perfect nap, according to NASA, is 26 minutes. So this app is really, really helpful because it gives you a full data of when you should be eating, when you should be drinking coffee, when you should be sleeping. So it's really, really helpful. And the people I've recommended it to, they have said they don't actually experience jet lag. Following this... Um, time shift app so that's I think really really important yeah, yeah it is it's really vital but it's um you know we were also saying on another podcast about how on that first night when you sleep in the hotel the body can lose up to 40 percent of its ability to restore and repair so it's just having that awareness okay so tonight it might not get the best sleep so if I'm not sleeping then the best thing to do is to get up out of your bed don't lie there and think oh i've got to sleep i've got to sleep because the brain is such an incredible associate machine and if you stay in your bed and can't sleep it will associate bed and not sleeping so the best thing to do is get up okay. do something really really that is not going to activate your brain at all and the really critical factor here keep every light low to keep okay. that melatonin as 
helpful as possible. Really keep that. Um, and that's going to help you sleep. And then an eye mask. An eye mask to block the light because we know even the light comes through your eyelids. Yeah. Just because it's pitch black, if there's any light coming in, it will still get through. So light is a critical factor. And of course, food when we're eating. So, you know, look at not having that light, having a light meal, not too close. And then absolutely what you said, which was cr critical again, not sleeping too late, not napping too late in the afternoon. So it robs your body yeah. of enough sleep pressure to pull you through the night. So those are factors which are really important. Yeah, because if I have light in the bathroom, I can't get sleep. I literally have to have pitch black. But maybe it's because I've got so used to it or, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't really know, but I used to be able to sort of sleep anywhere with any sort of light. But just recently, maybe in the last sort of three years, it has to just sort of pitch black, yeah. I, I think how we're living, everyday living, modern day living has just really got in the way of sleep. Um, and again, we need to be looking at the importance of sleep and particularly within your work. So again, within, you know, the clients and preparing them, we've prepared them post-surgery. Yeah. Do you give any advice about nutrition and sleep pre-surgery? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's very important, like pre-surgery and uh, for, for example, like any um, antioxidant, like, or like whatever it stimulates, like your, your collagen or um, berries, uh, seafood, salmon, eggs, all these elements are yeah. like really yes, wonderful. Like dairy, like low fat dairy, um, after because of course, like during the surgery, patients is also undergoing a very strong chemical drugs like like anesthesia if it's a general or even like IV sedation. They have like a lot of chemical things in their mm. body, right? That they have to mm. lock a toxin, and then after that, they have to get with the pain, and they have to also be clean out of all these drug and medication. So hydration is fundamental. Huge, huge. Hydration it's really, really, really yeah. important after. And uh, you know, according to the kind of surgery, being as much active as possible, you know, try I will, even after like a liposuction, I want my patients to be uh, active to walk. I mean, not under the hot weather or anything, but just to be active, move. try to move. move. Exactly, not to stay in bed or on the couch all day because this is affecting uh, everything like the swelling, uh, the fluid collection. So yeah, try to be normal. Try and also something very important, which I believe, thousand percent. If you go through a surgery with a positive mindset, everything will be fine. Even if you have a complication that is part of any surgery, but the way together we are facing any possible side effects or complication, if you have a strong positive mind, everything will be so happy, and the result will be even longer lasting. And so interesting. Um, really quickly, tell us about the types of surgeries that you do at Lucia's yeah. and which ones need the sort of most recovery and sleep associated with those surgeries. Um, I think there's something that is really important uh, regarding the sleep, sleep-wise. Um, nowadays, we all know the BBL, which is the Brazilian butt lift, uh, which is a combination of a liposuction, plus instead of removing and throwing away the fat that we are removing from the patients of the body, from the patient, we just, we can transfer. We, there is a process, we clean, we purify the fat that we just harvest and then we can put it back. Incredible. It's amazing, but yeah. terrifying at the same time. You know, it's your own no, material. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I mean, nice. I'd be tempted. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'd be tempted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it's, it's good. And you know, we all know that fat cells have also growth factors and stem cells inside. So there is yeah. like this kind of rejuvenation 
rejuvenating process and activity of the fat plus a volumizing. So for like the buttox area, press enhancement on the face instead of a filler that every like three to six months, nine months, the hyaluronic acid goes away. If you use your own fat, it's gonna stay longer. And going back to the sleeping position, when we do the BBL, patient cannot sleep on their back. Yeah. We don't want any pressure like on the buttocks area because the pressure will affect the blood supply to the area, meaning less survival of the fat cells. Yeah. So you're supposed to sleep on your stomach. And as you said, so you've got to train yourself to sleep. In the That's it. Because I That's can't it. sleep on my back. I, I just can't do it. I obviously have to train myself. I'm always like a side person. Maybe it's like a comfort thing and yeah. from childhood, but how do you train yourself to sort of sleep in different positions yeah. there? In a situation like that, you you absolutely would train yourself and it's yeah. the preparation before, but something like if we're looking at, you know, the best position for sleep for, you know, keeping the lines and the wrinkles away, it is on the back and it is about training um, and it's all about, like you say, positive mindset, determination and you will, but you can train yourself absolutely. But, you know, again, you were talking before about um, the importance of sleep in the recovery situation and mindset and the positive mindset. And there are so many studies that show you that if you enter a new situation, you are sleep deprived, that really has a very negative impact on your mindset and you don't have that sense of joy. So again, it is about being as well rested before you enter that surgery. So it's, it's really wonderful that you are educating your clients and saying, this is, yeah, so it's, it's really, yeah. Any last questions before I do our finale? Um, I suppose the last question would be, in terms of you traveling, because mm -hmm. um, we had a conversation before and it filled me with a lot of stress when I realized, <laughs> just because it's about, you know, caring and um, talking about how much sleep, how much sleep do you think you need? Does your, do you personally need uh, per night? What's your, like what's a good night sleep? I think eight hours is a good eight sleep hours. for me. Yeah. Okay. And I try to, to balance it out. Like, especially like when I'm in Dubai, I go to sleep pretty early. Yeah. Um, so maybe like by 10, 10, 30, I'm in bed. Yeah. And so I have a good time sleep when I'm in New York or Milano. A little bit less because it's it's different. So when you go to sleep about 10, 10 yeah, 30, yeah. what would be your typical wake up time? I would say around like 7. Okay. 7 oh, I'm happy with yeah. that. I, I'm happy with that yeah. because there was a conversation before about you waking up at 4.30. Yeah, the first couple of days. Okay, yeah. so that's you adjusting with the jet lag. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. fine. Because yeah. it's just around that time that's where you have that rapid eye movement. And if you're missing out on that rapid eye movement sleep, then you are missing out on a really, really important part of your sleep. It's like when people talk about how they get up at five in the morning to do that extra hour of exercise because that's the only time we can do it. And we're only missing out on perhaps 10% of our sleep. You're actually missing out on 80% of your rapid eye movement sleep. And that is that emotional processing, uh, that memory, which is so important. So the 5am club is not a good idea, people. No, no it's not. Well, it absolutely isn't. Important. There you go, exactly, yeah. yeah. A, a champion man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but of course, it also is very much about your chronotype. So, you know, possibly your chronotype is that of an owl as opposed to a lark if you like to sleep in later at seven. So it's, it's about finding what your chronotype is yeah. and then using it to support your body to achieve its optimum. So, yeah. 
So final question. Yeah. What, is it, what would be the ideal scenario for the perfect night's sleep for you? And is there sort of any preparation that you do to get into that sort of mindset? Um, I think that like in terms of, as I said before, like personally, I really believe in, in your own space to feel comfortable wherever you are. So if you are used to sleep with that kind of pillow or even like the skincare routine, um, the same product, the same uh, pillow, if you can to adjust wherever, if you have an apartment or wherever you are, just to say the same linen, the same colors of the room, just try to make you feel comfortable and, and home and just to fall asleep, relax. That's my, um, and also it's important like going back is some tips for a skin care routine, day and night routine, which is different. Um, I've seen that it, during the night and it's, it's, it's proven you use something a little bit thicker, a little yeah. more moisturizing. Yeah. It's really, and some retinol, some glycolic acid that actually you're not supposed to take during the day because of the sun exposure. Uh, this is a good combination and it, it just yeah. brightens your skin and it really works. It makes it be good advice. Thank you. Yeah. That's great. I think that those tips are really important. Talking about the retinol, yeah. that we're not really supposed to use it, as you say, because the, not only could it irritate and damage your skin, but it also is far less effective during the day. So it's much better to use it at night. True. And, and like you say, with that thicker, screen, thicker cream, because our skin loses water, whereas it can take that much. Th so great, great tips there. And any uh, products? Yeah, any products that you would recommend? Uh, I recommend, in general, like as an ingredient, for example, during for the daytime, something with vitamin C, uh, something plant-based. Uh, if your skin is sensitive, like hypoallergenic, plant-based, vitamin C, vitamin E, and sunblock. We have nowadays very good moisturizer, like day cream. They come ready together with the SPF. So if you are, even for men, for women, if yes. you are not used to apply double, triple layers with the makeup, you just, there's just one moisturizer with sunblock, even 30 plus is enough. That's a good, it's easy, it's fast, and you are protected from the UV. And then for the nighttime, again, something that just cleans and just remove the extra layers of your, the skin, the toxin of the day. Wonderful. I really, really enjoyed this interview and really enjoyed the tips that you are giving. And plus, I think it, um, the more conversations we have, it takes away the taboo of, of having any kind of plastic surgery because ultimately it's about how we feel. And if it makes us feel better, then it's something that we celebrate. It's not something that we hide from. I agree. You know, so um, it's such a personal thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so yeah. It's been a fascinating speaking with you. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so thank much. You. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Um, so again, with all these discussions and conversations all around sleep but ultimately it's about finding out what your unique sleep is and so reset recharge and together you can conquer and do anything that you want to do